Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Fantasy Book Club. Tonight, we, we will be discussing Hounded by Kevin Hearn, book one of the Iron Druid Chronicles. No existed could be incorporated into a fantasy novel, and I was curious if the author was going to write a prequel. Hi, Marshall. Um, it'd be quite the prequel, I guess, over thousand, no, two thousand something years. That would be a lot of backstory, but I was in interested to know all the different changes he had to go through to get to this modern time, because he's lived a very long time. I don't know that the prequel would have to cover the whole two thousand years, just how he got to where he is now. What, what We know that Morrigan said, okay, I won't go after you if you leave the field. But um, And of course, I haven't Run the whole book, so I don't know the, whole, the other history that might be worked into that. But I think if he, you know, you told how how everything got started, that would do for a prequel. But I don't, I don't get that this is. It wouldn't fit the mood. This seems to have a very contemporary feel to it. Uh, it reminds me a little of Dresden Files or um, the storm. What was that storm? The one with the with the weather maker or the weather weather wardens and so on. It had that kind of feel to it. And I think it'd be really, really hard to go back and keep that same feel in Ireland of 2,000 years ago. They do mention contemporary feel and all, but they, he does mention his time with the Mongol horde and living in Compostela in something like 997. I mean, he drops these hints, but it's like you said, you don't get bogged down in it to keep the book contemporary. I don't think you'd be bogged down if it was a totally different novel, but I'm not sure that that is in the mood, in the style that the writer writes. As if you just picked it up back then, I, I don't think it would quite fit the, the style of the series. No, I think you're right, Lana. Um, this was great. I, I really enjoyed uh, this, this whole series. I have read the whole series, and um, I just enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I love the way the author mixes in the mythology and the and the uh, modern day characters and then um, I just I just love that Oberon I have to say I just think he stops I mean that dog <laughs> if I if I had a guide dog like that that would talk to me and, you know, take me where I wanted to go and, and all that, I, you know, that I would do it. Uh, I, I like that. I like that dog. I really did. That was a good dog. That was probably the best character in the book. Yeah, he was really, really funny. Wow, talk about a smart dog. <laughs> so, apart from the wonderful dog, uh, did you like any of the other characters the um you know what oh the god i guess was wasn't i guess he was the villain was there any other characters like the two goddesses fillets and morgan that you had any opinion about didn't have much use for either one of them but they did add a lot to the story if that makes any sense at all well i think i understand what you mean lana um i enjoyed them because they they are mythical characters, and you know, to bring them out of myth and into a, a modern day story, and to keep their mythic 
um, characteristics and yet have them interact in a modern way. I just, I just like the way he did that, and he does that throughout the whole, um, throughout the whole book, the series, the, throughout the whole series. He just takes these mythical characters and um, makes them interact in a modern day world, which is totally cool. I think. Yeah. Well, I thought it was an okay book until it got seemed to be kind of draggy th- the first half but then it got a little more interesting when he started getting into actually doing the fighting um, I think the dog and the lady that drinks the scotch whiskey were the two best characters in the book um, I often wished I had a front porch that I could just sit on and watch the world go by I don't see how anybody could sit on the front porch in Arizona unless it was dead winter. That's true. It gets really hot in Arizona. Well, it's really cold here. I wouldn't be sitting on a front porch right now. I think it's about 18 degrees outside. Tell me that's not headed our direction. You're in Utah, aren't aren't you? And I'm in Colorado. Tell me it's not coming our way. I would have thought it's gotten there already. It's been that way since last Friday. We had a week ago, not yet day before yesterday. We had two feet of snow, and then the temperature we got inverted, and the temperature took a nosedive. Um, they're hoping that we'll have another storm to blow it out next weekend. Oh well, we only got about four inches, and it started warming up late last week, and it was. It's been in the 50s the past few days today. I don't think it made 40, but it's been whatever you had, we had, and it went away. So it, for some reason, it stuck with you guys. I, you have my sympathy. My mother and sister live in Denver, and they say unless you get an upslope condition from the Gulf, you, Denver won't get heavy snow. Greeley isn't far from Denver, so that's kind of the same thing. And we're in kind of a funny thing. Things tend to skip over us. We're in sort of a... You know that that this the weather comes down the mountains and the front range and it sort of hop skips like you'd skip a rock over us and then when it gets out into the plains out by Lyman and so on, uh, all you know what breaks loose. Well, I mean this is strictly local. You know, fifteen twenty miles south they only got about an inch. You're just lucky. But anyway, back to Arizona porches. I wouldn't want to sit out on. Of course, he he. After having lived on the Mongol Plains, I suppose, you know, uh, anything is pleasant after the Gobi. Just to to add another off-topic thingy, I am am proofing for Bookshare a book called The Mongoliad, which is quite interesting. I forget the authors, but the uh, famous science fiction guy, and I forget his name now. But anyway... Um, you're right. I wouldn't want to sit on a porch in Arizona unless it was shaded and it was, you know, it was it was out of the sun somehow because that would be very hot, uh, very very hot. <laughs> but I suppose it wouldn't be too bad because it's dry. It's not a it's not a wet heat it's dry yeah it wouldn't be that bad as long as you were out of the sun it'd probably just feel comfortably warm 
I expected the... Um, no, I'm going to mess this pronunciation up. Um, Angus Og. I didn't somehow, despite my fantasy reading, I expected him to last a couple of books because this was a series, and so now, having not read the second one, I'm looking forward to new uh, villainous gods and or goddesses to come bother the druid. Oh, don't worry. The second one is, is very good. It's... um. Uh, it's about witches. I'll just tell you that, but uh, I won't go into the whole, the whole nine yards. But it's about witches. Um, David, do you have any thoughts on the book? I think he left. Let me check. Yeah, if anything, I think the second book is better than the first one. But I'm not going to say any more than that. So we should all read the second one. Okay. Good to know. It's funny how the uh, uh, god of love is not very loving. Yeah, it makes me wish I could learn more about the other pantheons. You know, I mean, I know the names of a few of the Hindu gods, but almost nothing about the Irish or Celtic very little about the American Indian gods except for Coyote and the Great Spirit. Um, I think it'd be neat to know more about those. In fact, I could agree with a religion that believed in something like the book sets up where there are multiple planes and all the religions are true. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm sure there's books on on that kind of thing. Um... I did notice that the, um, oh, what's her name? Edith, whatever, uh, book on mythology is available on Bard now. I just saw it come through. Famous, famous author. Um, oh, Edith, whatever, heck. Um, but, yeah, her book is on Bard. But it doesn't, excuse me, it doesn't cover the Celtic um, tradition or the Hindu, or the uh, Native American. So, um, you'll have to look elsewhere for that. But, um, at least for the Native American, you might try M. Scott Mamaday. Uh He's pretty good. And, um, I'm just trying to think. Uh... Black Elk Speaks. Um, hmm. I don't know of any, you know, non-fiction type, um, you know, uh, listings or whatever. Heck, but I'm sure there are some. You might Google around. You you might be surprised what you'd find. Sorry about deserting you guys. My, this computer does unauthorized restarts every so often. Just bang, I'm talking along, and all of a sudden I get the Windows sound. I have to wait for it to reboot. That's so annoying. Glad to have you back. Well, I did find one book that I'm attempting to read. It's a nonfiction book um, oh, written by a cor- one of the correspondents for NPR. Uh, it's about Wiccans and pagans and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's interesting. 
Where did you get that um, NPR Wiccans book? Is that on Bard or Audible or Bookshare? It's actually on Audible, uh, Bard. It's called Drawing Down the Moon. Oh, I saw the um, TV special about that. It's quite interesting. They talk about uh, some modern uh, Wiccan cults, and they talk about the um, history and burning times. I think it was a three-hour special. It was actually very interesting. That's not the one written by Starhawk. No, it's... I keep think it's Diana Alton. I'm sure about the first name. Um, is is the author. In fact, she's gone back and revised it. This is a new revision. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's Edith Hamilton. I just remembered the mythology mythology lady. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff on Wiccan up on Bookshare. Um, somebody who I don't know who it was, but somebody uploaded a whole bunch of of uh, stuff about Wiccan and uh, the goddess and all kinds of stuff um, some years back, and it's all up there on Bookshare. I I don't know much about it because I don't I haven't read it, but uh, it's all up there. So if you if you're interested in that sort of stuff. It's all there. Um, and uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Other well, sources of stuff. Um, well, of course, you know, if you want the Hindu pantheon, you got to read things like the, uh, the... What do you call it? Bad... bad Give, uh, give a Gita or something. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, I'd be interested in knowing what you find, uh, Marshall, because I'm I'm always interested in uh, mythologies of all kinds and religions and whatever. Um, I like to know what other people believe because that that affects how they treat other people. Um, hate to cut this discussion short, but do we have any more thoughts on the book we're discussing? I take that as a no. Um, oh, I started reading a, a book that I thought we might discuss. It's sort of a sci-fi. I don't know how much this club is necessarily into sci-fi, but it's called Level 2, Memory Chronicles, Book 1, and it's about this girl who dies before her 18th birthday, and she goes to Level 2, where she's plugged into a computer where she can access her own memories and read memories from other people who are also in the same level. And then one of, the peop- one of her friends dies, and... Nobody even remembers she exists. And then uh, somebody from her life when she was still alive comes back and um, she finds out that she has to rebel against the Marathi who are the, I guess, bad angels and there's the usual fight for good and evil stuff in there. It might be interesting. I would rather stay with fiction. Um, if we get too much into the nonfiction 
uh, we have to be able to discern which books are written objectively and which ones are written with a uh, uh, well, I shall I say with a with some kind of um, agenda in mind, and I also think on on some of the books we we need to stick with things that are comprehensible. Um, some of the mythologies, uh, when translated, you you kind of like what are they talking about? I would you know want to, want to know have somebody explain it kind of in ordinary words or in ordinary in sentences that make sense. Uh, I don't, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, to to explain what the stories are are about, in in I, I get a little lost in Eastern stuff. It's a little too obscure for me. Oh, I was by no means proposing that. I was just mentioning it as something that talked about a mythology from a standard point of view. I'd rather stick with fantasy fiction. I'm kind of getting less interested in science fiction. Well, and there is a sci-fi group, you know, for science fiction. Some of the some of the areas are a little hard to hard to tell for sure one way or the other, but you kind of look at the trappings and and go from there. I I don't know the computers make it kind of science sciency science fictiony, but the good and bad angels make it kind of fantasy-ish. So, I you know, I don't know were there any other ideas that anyone had. Yeah, we don't have to pick that one. It's just I'd started reading it right after the, this book. I have a whole list of other options. There's a book um, I downloaded not too long ago from Bard, so it's still on a new book list. I don't recall the name of it. It's, it's about fairies. Uh, it's telling about some of the stories, um, and it's, it, it is on Bard. And so somebody else gets to pronounce the names, <laughs> which is handy. The only part is, part of it that I read, they tell one story, and then in the middle of it, they insert a little tiny part of another story. And I suspect there's something about how that book was originally formatted, and the reader just reads it from top to bottom, and these little clips of different stories are in it, in the middle, and it's just kind of weird the way that has been put together. Well, you confused me describing it, so yeah, I guess I'd say it's weird. Uh, that that doesn't sound like something I would be interested in. But Julia, you said you had a couple of other suggestions. What what are you thinking? I'll tab over to my synopsis book page and oh yeah, the first hmm. Don't know if we're into dystopian fiction. Maybe that was a bad idea. Um, it's called Fatherless. It's about um, an age where there's more old people than young, and so now there's competing cultural agendas, and this reporter, Julia Davidson, I think, um, is trying to, maybe I should just read the synopsis. This is a board book? No, all these books, um, I know they're on Bookshare, I unfortunately locked myself out of Bard by getting a password character wrong, so I can't say, but they're all... 2012 or 2013, so I don't know if Bard has gotten around to doing them yet. Is it my imagination, or are there not quite as many fantasies on Bard as there were for a while? Are they getting more into the non-fiction uh, books about people's concerns or something? It, it seems that seems that the books aren't near... <laughs> Audible has a lot better books than, than Bard, unfortunately, sometimes. I agree. I, they just seem to be concentrating on historical or um, you know, romances, westerns, 
Yeah, lots and lots of romances. I don't know why they seem to favor those, but... Um, so this one, it says uh, she becomes a, this fatherless I'm talking about. She becomes a pawn in a conspiracy. She's plagued by nightmares about her absent father. Um, sorry. I don't hear a lot of fantasy in there. Okay, maybe I picked a bad book. Let's go on to the next one. Sorry. And the next one is called Seven Princes. It's about a... It says... How do we... Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm getting really nervous. Well, don't get nervous. It's just us. You know, it's just your friends, so don't get nervous. While you're looking, a couple of points um, that don't affect us now but might affect us down the road. Uh, of course, I think we talked about last time the, the uh, memory of light is apparently out or close to it, but it's on Audible. But it ought to show up on Bookshare pretty soon and Bard eventually. Uh, Terry Goodkind, uh, Sword of Truth series, has um, the first Confessor, the uh, Magna Series, Magna Series story, which it, it kind of explains how a lot of the things that they're dealing with in the Sword of Truth came about, which is very much better than his last book. The, the Omen Machine was not all that great. I mean, I, I like him, but the Omen Machine was not one of his best. But uh, this this one is very good, and of course, it, it's been on Bard for a little, or it's been on Audible for a while, so it might be showing up on Bookshare pretty soon. Um, I don't think you have to have read the other books in the Sword of Truth, although you'll get a lot more out of it if you do. Uh, but it's there. Another thing that they have on Audible now, again, uh, that is a terrific book on Bookshare that I might even recommend is called The Forest Lord by Iris Johansson. Uh, no, 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 Susan Crinard. And it's, it, it is on Bookshare. Uh, and it's a fair, if I recall, it's a fairly good read on Bookshare. And it's a Regency period. She, uh, her father makes a bargain with the forest lord, who is the old Hearn, the hunter god, you know. And he needs a male heir. And uh, the woman is caught in the middle of this, and there's a lot more that goes on, which is largely a romance, but it also has a lot to do with the, the a little bit to do with the country tradi traditions and and. Um, how the uh, the the magic works at at the end when he has to make some choices and she has to a bunch of people have to make some choices and whether he can enter the realm of fairy um, or, or whether he will stay with the mortal woman and and become mortal. It's um it I I reread it when it was on Audible because it was read by a real person which is great fun. But it's it's a good book on Bookshare, and um, I only mentioned it. it's been around for quite a while, so it's not like new and contemporary. And somebody it may be more too much of a romance for some people. Um, but you know it just came to mind because I've recently read it, and it's you know it it's kind of a good book. Well, that sounds a lot better than the stuff I found. Maybe we should just go with that. It does sound good. And I do happen to have a three-month subscription to Audible, which somebody gave me for Christmas. And I've already used one month up. And so I could use my second one for uh, for this one. Because uh, I do prefer the, the, uh, the real human readers as opposed to the computer ones but 
That sounds good. The Forest Lord. What's the uh, what's the t- uh, the author? Susan Crinard. Don't ask me how to spell it. <laughs> I think it's something like K R I N A R D. Uh, if you if you're on Audible, do, do a, a title search. Do the the search. You know the key that says enter author title or the or ISBN, and you can go to author and you can or title and just write the Forest Lord, or you could go to Bookshare and and do a search for the Forest Lord. I'm not sure how to spell Crinard, um, so I would hate to do a search on on Bookshare. But uh, she, I have done Susan Crinard searches on Bookshares, and she has a whole bunch of she has a whole bunch of stuff on Bookshare. So um, once you find her, there's a bunch of books out there, and it's. Um, I just I just read it. It's a terrific book. I'd hate to have you use an Audible credit for something that you could get on Bookshare. I mean, yes, I did, but I knew I liked the book. So you know, I'd hate to have you lose your, you know, when you could use it on something else you wanted. But it is, it is quite well read. It's not the best read book in the world, but it's quite well read, and it's um it's a fun read. It's about thirteen thirteen hours and something. So it's a it's a long book, but it's not one of these twenty or thirty hour, you know, epic things. What's it called? I'm sorry, I'm. It's called The Forest Lord, and it's by Susan Crinard, and it's on Bookshare, as well as Audible, The Forest Lord. And it's a fairly good uh, rendering on Bookshare. Um, so it's, it's a fairly decent, um, it's not one of the most recent, so it's not perfect, but it's a fairly good a- example of, of how they read it. I mean, of how they scan. Is anyone recording this, by the way? Well, I didn't hear that anybody was, so, um, uh, Yeah. I've been recording it. I didn't get your introduction. What you might do before you leave is just uh, restate the introduction, if you would, and I'll just cut that out and put it at the beginning. Oh, do you have a recording capability that lets you cut and paste? How cool. Well, it's just MP3 direct cut. I mean, it's not anything fancy. Um, I used to have Goldwave, but that... Well, it got trashed with my old computer, so I don't know what happened to it. I have to buy a new version, and uh, I'm I'm not sure I want to do that now. I'll probably do it this spring, but not right this second. But uh, Goldwave works great, but MP3 Direct Cut is working just fine. Okay, so we're doing Forest Lord by Susan Crenard. Um... And uh, that's for February, and let's see, let's see, 3rd, 10th, 17th, that would be February 17th, right? Yeah, it says, you might have to look under the, because it says the Forest Lord, Uh, uh, search would probably get you Forest Lord, but let's put the in front of it or else you might not find it. Okay, Um, Julia, go ahead. there you go. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I will uh, take this and edit it and uh, get it back to to uh, Bob Acosta. So, all right. Very good. Um, am that it or what? I'd say that's it. David's already billed. So, um, good evening, everyone. And I hope everyone has a great month and gets warmed up. Well, I hope so, too. Um, All right. Take care, everybody. And uh, we'll be talking to you on the 17th. Bye.